Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Madeline Green. And I'm Caitlin Stancil. Thanks so much for joining us back here. If you haven't done so yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button where you like to listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes as soon as we post them. And if you're liking what you hear, you can help us out too. You can check out our social media bios for a link to donate to our ghostly endeavors. So hopefully we can do something fun and spooky for our Halloween episode. Also, don't forget to check out Instagram. We are wanting to reach a thousand followers ASAP. So we're doing a giveaway. We're giving away some boozy stickers and a gift card. So check out Instagram to join in on the giveaway fun. Tell us about our real life haunt. (laughs) Well, this week, y'all, is a real treasure. Mallory joined us. To tell us about not just the book that she's written about her paranormal experiences, but she gave us a little taste of some of the experiences she's had. And one thing I wanted to share that I thought was really interesting about Mallory's story before we get into it is that, you know, she she was really able to find a community in this paranormal world. So people like us that like to just listen to spooky stories and, you know, talk about this sort of thing. It was something that was really sort of soothing and helpful for her in a time of need. So that's why she named her book Making Friends with Ghost. Take a listen to her story. So my name is Mallory Sawinski. Um, I live just outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with my husband, my son, my daughter, and my dog. And um, today is actually the release day for my first book in the paranormal genre been a crazy day it's lots so much fun kind of scary exciting um and it's just been so fun revisiting how i got started and what really um got me to dive into this and that's pretty much honestly what the book is about at least to start when i had my son i had really bad postpartum depression really bad and i looked around and i was like i need to get outside of myself so i just threw myself into every hobby i've ever had And I ended up, I was always into the paranormal. I always liked ghost stories, had some weird stuff happen as a kid, but I had never thought that I could investigate like the people I see on TV and the shows that I was obsessed with. And then I went to a Paracon at Pennhurst State School and I realized I could go do that. And so as part of my postpartum depression recovery, I started paranormal investigating and I haven't looked back. I have always just liked the idea that there's more than the plane that we exist on. There's more than getting up in the morning, going to work, you know, paying the bills, you know, being with loved ones. There's There has to be some mystical aspect in those moments where you feel that gut feeling. It's like, what is that? And when I went on my very first ghost hunt at Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia, I had <laughs> I had the paranormal side of things figuratively grab me by the chin and be like hey check this out this is you know the ghosts are real and this stuff can be real and i mean one i think once you get a taste of that it's pretty hard to stop looking for the next and the next and the next the first the first experience i had this is so cliche but it was a doll it involved a doll and i was 
um, upstairs. I was maybe maybe eight, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. And I had this really awesome dollhouse. It was like as tall as I was. It was like my prized possession. And I was playing with it. And I went, when I played with it, I was really into it, really focused um, on that thing. And then my dad would go on these business trips and he would always bring me back a doll. And one time he brought me home this little um, Navajo felt doll uh, in like this blue dress. I can like, I can see it in my mind's eye. And I had um, like a shelf going around the top of my bedroom where I would kind of tuck all my, my toys and stuff. And I always like to say that I don't think she liked it up there <laughs> because one day, one afternoon, I was playing with my dollhouse, super absorbed in it. And I, something must have caught my eye. I don't think I heard something. I think I saw something out of my periphery. And I looked up and this Navajo doll was floating through the air at me, perfectly vertical in flight. It wasn't like when you throw a ball, it usually you know tumbles like um, over itself and it hit me in the face. And it, and it fell to the ground and I looked at it and I was instantly annoyed because I was like, my brother just did that. You know, in your brain, I wasn't, I was eight years old. I wasn't like, oh, this is paranormal evidence. Yeah. I thought my, yeah, you know, like, I thought my brother had been like, oh, she's playing with her dollhouse. I'm going to chuck this at her and run downstairs and pretend I didn't. So I'm, I like storm out of my room, go to find him, whip open the bathroom door and he's not in there. I'm like, okay, fine. He ran downstairs and I run, I go downstairs and my mom's, I pass her and I'm like, it did did Ben just come through here? She's like, what? And she, he had been in the kitchen, like making a sandwich for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, what is happening? So I'm standing at the bottom of my stairs and I'm like, what if I go upstairs and this thing is not where I left it? Not to ramble on, but years later, I'm, I'm a paranormal investigator and I'm reading all these books and trying to learn as much as I can. And Hans Holzer, <laughs> he wrote in... The ghost hunter, I came across a, a sentence where he's like, there's these Indian style dolls and they hop off the shelf and sometimes they hit people. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, okay, universe, I hear you. Okay. So my book is called Making Friends with Ghosts. And when I came up with the title, I'm like, okay, this, it kind of means two things. So what I found on these ghost hunts is that, you know, that they, they do exist, but I'm also finding that the community that you that you find when you are a paranormal investigator if you can find the right ones i mean that's that has meant a lot um to me and just and you know some of the things i've come across i don't often have evidence that i walk away with that i can share as easily i'm kind of i've been always been in it for like the visceral feeling the moment that was kind of the whole point to me was something to get me out of myself i mean i feel like i've I've really kind of talked ad nauseum about some crazy stuff that happened to me at Fort Mifflin or at the Shanley Hotel. Most recently, I was at a, a much smaller location with friends, um, one who I'd met through social media and one was my best friend of 20 years. And um, trying to think how to, how to say this and maintain some privacy for who it involved. But um, the caretaker of this local location, like a paranormal um, location, he, he had recently passed away and it was it was so fast and it was really unfortunate because he had been not a close friend of mine but someone that I talked to and this, the visit that I was on that I arrived for he had helped me schedule and I had done everything through him and by the time I got to the site on the day that we had discussed he was gone in my head I was never going to reach out to him you know I felt disrespectful because it was really recent but then as the night went on um, I was like well you know what I just I won't record it because no, nothing was really happening. It was kind of a quiet night. And then I started um, 
we were sitting in, in an upstairs bedroom and we had our EMF tripwire out and um, it, it wasn't doing much kind of staying, staying steady. And I was going through names of the house. Do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? Kind of listing through the history that I knew. And then on a whim, I don't know what came over me and I'll change his name here. And I was like, do you know Tim? And that thing lit up like the 4th of July. And I have goosebumps now. Like the timing and just, and then it happened again. I, a few seconds later, I was like, so you know Tim? And it lit up again. And then we had the SB7 going. And my friend heard, I know Tim through it. Like it's moments like those where you just are like, what was that? Because I don't think it was my friend specifically. I just, I don't, I don't know why. I feel that way, but I do. Um, and I feel like that was a little, for me personally, that was a little bit of evidence that the, that ghosts in a location or spirits or whatever you want to call them, they do recognize the living and maybe they mourn them too. This person had spent so much time there and he cared about it so much. He was always championing, like he would get upset if you call it a smaller location, you know, like I just did, you know, because it's, it's a smaller house, but it was so active and it really is kind of a focal point of like the paranormal community around here. And so to have a response about a mutual friend, it was kind of like, it was almost like, I don't know, it was almost like we were at a memorial together or we were like taking a minute to remember someone else with the ghost. Like it was a very strange kind of emotional interaction, which you do not always get on an investigation. I mean, in particular at the Shanley, because I think that's, that was for me, like the holy grail, because I saw a full body apparition, non-transparent, and I will never forget. I literally every day since, since March, 2021, I've replayed those couple of seconds in my head at some point during the day, <laughs> making my coffee in the morning. And I'm like, oh yeah, remember that time I saw a ghost? It's, it's one of those things. And I, I like to say, like, I'm a skeptical believer. As much as I do this, and I love I love ghost hunts, paranormal investigations, whatever you want to call them, sometimes, until you experience the thing yourself, you are always a little bit of an eye roll, a little bit of like, yeah, right, you know. And then when it happens, you're like, I am such a jerk. I, okay, apparently this can happen, and I need to go, like, mentally apologize to when I was like, okay, whatever. So I think... In both of those locations, I experienced things that I had heard about and always kind of been like, yeah, right. You know, I I don't know. Like, it's as much as I trust other people and I don't judge people because, you know, the passion that they're telling their stories with. I think until you see a full body apparition, because it, ha it happens so fast. And I think in your head, you're like, oh, it's like the apparition's hanging out for a couple minutes and you get to really like take it. And it was like maybe three seconds and I was taken off running toward toward this thing and it was gone. And I think that really was kind of a slap to my face like, hey, <laughs> don't judge other stories so much, you know. So I'm very I'm still cautious and I still take everything with a skeptical grain of salt, but it did help me kind of like, you know, proof is in the pudding. I saw it with my own eyes. So I do. And I, I believe that's what I saw. So I have to sort of try and believe other people when they tell me what they have seen. Also, I was on a team with one of my good friends at that point, And we had been in the paranormal 
I guess for about a, a year and change at that point. And we had we were growing sort of a little community, um, some people that we had met through other investigations and a few um, friends online. And so it was kind of our first hosting duties. We had kind of gathered up a little group that we wanted to we wanted to spearhead our night. We had always like been invited to other ones or we had gone to public hunts or what have you. And um, so that night, it was all close friends. We had um, like the ghoul guide and Courtney Eastman that was there and some friends, some other friends that we had met uh, just around us. And just before I saw the apparition, we had actually already been having sessions for like five hours at that point. And we were on a break and I was sipping coffee. <laughs> and one of my friends, I, we were just chit-chatting. And she kind of leaned down to get something in her bag. And I was just kind of like zoning out, waiting for the caffeine to really, you know, kick in. And whoop, there, I'm standing in the safe room. And hello, a little a ghost just walked by the hallway, at the end of the hallway. And <laughs> I believe I cursed, <laughs> which I'll leave out here. But I was like, what is that? Who is that? And I took off running. And everyone was like, you were so funny because like, I'm already very pale. But they're like, when you came back, because I ran in and I followed it. Because I thought I thought for sure it was a person. I thought it was a, someone at the hotel. No no shade on the Shanley. But like when you see something like that, I'm not just going to be like, you know, trust it. So I went off to catch this person. And there was nowhere, nowhere for them to go. And they were gone. So when I walked back out, everyone was like, you were like the color white. Like, you are even paler than you are on an average day. I mean, the Shanley has a has an extensive history, and it had a lot of it had a lot of different. It, it was used in a lot of different ways. It was, uh, you know, it was a private home of James Shanley, and um, he used to have rock and parties, from what I hear, with you know presidents, presidential candidates. It was a really big. You know, they love big dinner parties, and they had card games and all that. Um, there was a, a barbershop at the back, which is where I saw the apparition was kind of that hallway, but that hallway also became late in later years. It was the bordello area when it was a gentleman's club and the hallway is just past the door to the upstairs bordello where the ladies of the night would take the gentlemen and, you know, give them their services, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so in my gut, I feel like the billowing figure that I saw was from that era of this of the Shanley's life. And I don't know, the building just has has so many pieces to it and so many people love it and so many investigators have such amazing experiences there. It's one of those places every every section that you go has a different vibe. And I love places like that because you're never really done with them. Uh, well so it's funny. So I just I was just back there for the first time since my first visit. I was just back there two weekends ago with friends. So I think everyone thinks it's haunted because of all the crazy stuff that happens there. <laughs> I think that, and then I think they work backward. Um, so if you subscribe to the theory of, of water energy, it is right next to the river, next to Philadelphia. You know, the casemates are kind of underground. It served as um, military headquarters for a long time. It, you know, they say it helped to hold off the British in the war. And then it did have a little bit, it was, it's been used up until world war two, but for world wars one and two, it was more of a storage area and training facility, but it has officers barracks. It has, you know, underground prison cells. It has a torpedo casemate, which is really cool to see um, a powder magazine, 
the commandant's house. Like, it's one of those places that, like, again, it's so compartmentalized. It's crazy. And, I mean, if you really want to be a, a ghost nerd, it was featured on this really good episode of Ghost Hunters back in the day, <laughs> which is why I was excited because Grant and Jay, like, had amazing experiences in Case Made 11. In 2020, I had a pretty crazy experience. It's, it all centers on the casemates for me. And I think all my friends are sick of hearing me say the word casemate at this point. <laughs> it's where it happened. So in 2020, um, in casemate five, which is, you know, everyone always says it's the most haunted place in the fort. And I'm like, okay. But I, like, I had experienced nothing at this point. Like in total, it was my very first ghost hunt. And I went in there. Un- not knowing that this apparent ghost prefers blondes, which I am. <laughs> Although I'm only a box blonde. I just want to say I'm not actually blonde. So I <laughs> fooled this ghost. But um, I, we heard a disembodied voice straight up. My friend walked a few feet in front of me and she said, do you want us to leave? And we both heard a voice go, no, like with emotion. And I could point to the spot in the casemate that it was and, a little later on, I felt my hair touched, and then later we brought in some equipment, and it went it went crazy. And then two weekends ago, wanting to kind of check out the casemates and see if I had built it up in my mind that I'm going, oh, won't be as scary. And it was a little less scary because I was I was I have more experience going into places like that. But I tell you what, <laughs> we every so we went straight to casemate five, and every time we would leave, we'd hear a huge bang noise. And we would go back in the casemate five, same vibe. It's like, please don't leave. That was, that was the vibe. And eventually we had no equipment with us. And we were, we said to each other, we're like, we need to go grab something because something's happening here. So I booked it. I ran back to our safe room, grabbed my stuff and ran back. And my friends were a little more leisurely. They were kind of talking about stuff, but I was like, it's happening. I don't want to waste it. Sometimes it only happens for so long. So I end up back at the casemate hallway. I'm not even in the hallway yet. And I, this is, I just put this on my Instagram page and I was so embarrassed because I'm like, I am like screaming like a baby here. But I took a foot, a, a step into the hallway and I hear something directly in front of me, maybe, maybe three feet in front of me, a heavy footstep and a thud. <laughs> I screamed. The book, it, it is, it's a lot of ghost stories. It's kind of a, it's a weird amalgamation because I think the while I'm telling a lot of ghost stories and I'm telling a lot of history of the spooky places that I've been to, for me, I think the most important part of the book is that I went to all these places in the first place. I was coming from a really dark, sad, stagnant time as a mom. And all I did for a long time was be a mom. And I was kind of, I was losing myself. And when I realized that it was okay, that I could be weird, jump into my weird parts it not like it added such light into my life again and it really I felt so invigorated and it it positively affected all my other ways and I was even a better mom because my cup was full and I think that's important and I think that's not talked about enough you know I just love so much that Mallory talks about you know, being able to join this paranormal community after she was dealing with some postpartum stuff and really being able to find like an outlet for herself to sort of find herself again and also, you know, have some friends to talk to and like go do these paranormal investigations with. Obviously, we don't have kids, but going from our friendship and how 
it does sound crazy to think that the paranormal kind of brings you together, but it does in a way when you find people who have that like-mindedness. Me and you are a prime example of that. You know, it sounds crazy that something like ghosts and and weird stuff like that could bring people <laughs> together, but it really does. And it just lets it, you know you're not the only weirdo out there. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's neat that she found that home within that community. Well, and it makes me think too of, of, you know, like the My Favorite Murder community, like the Murderinos. You know, sometimes you don't like to admit that you find true crime and like murder stories (laughs) soothing to listen to when you're driving down the road. But, you know, obviously there is, you know, this appetite for community that we all share as humans. And, you know, we like to find people that share our same interests. So I just really love that about Mallory's story and how she's been able to find that by doing her paranormal investigations. And, you know, now she's with her book trying to share the same avenue for other people that might be struggling. Yeah. So definitely check out her book, Making Friends with Ghosts, A Mother's Unusual Journey Through Self-Discovery. I love the name of that book. (laughs) Yeah. So cute. And if you have a story, we would love to hear it. So email us at the unrestpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media. We got Instagram, we got Facebook, we got TikTok, all the social medias. Hit us up wherever is easiest for you and share your stories with us. But until next time, until next time, unrest in peace.